101.1 FM, The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Jesus said in Matthew 24, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Which is why we get to bring you another episode of Signs of the Times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, February 25th, 2022. Today's live broadcast will go through a technical metamorphosis and become Podcast 204 and is available through most popular podcasting sources or just go right to the source, the Way Media app or the waymedia.net to listen, share, or subscribe. And it's the only place where you can read the articles that we will be discussing today. And now here to help us pump the brakes, take a deep breath, and stay grounded in God's Word is Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, I'm glad you're here. On the, the guy who... Oh, you know, I, 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 I'm just, I, I, I was trying to shorten everything. Okay, and I figured, all right. And well, I'm I, making it longer by talking about it. I know. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna keep an economy okay, of jokes today. All right. All right. I was just. I was oh, but ready. I, but yes. But, but I. But I was thinking that if if you, your dream job would be an embedded reporter for Fox News, <laughs> I think. You know. Yeah. I mean, to get that front row seat. To right? get that front row seat. Yeah. That's. No. That's. Yeah. That's. That's. I mean, I would actually have to like something like that, depending yeah. on what was going on. I don't know anyway. if I want to be where a bomb's landing, but that no. could be good. But we're going to have distance. a front row seat for much better things there you in go. the future. There you go. That's there you right. go. Uh, just a quick programming note. Uh, beginning the week of March 21st, our program, Signs of the Times, is going to be changing. And this is going to impact uh, those that listen to us live on Fridays the most. And we're changing how we produce and distribute the program. Uh, but more on that in the coming weeks. We were going to talk more about that today. But we've got lots of pressing things to get to yeah. on episode 204. So let's get going. You've got me. Pastor Mark, you've actually got three emails this week, and our first one comes from Alex, who listens to us in Seymour, Tennessee, and he asks, why does God like numbers such as three, which represents the Trinity, six, uh, Alex is saying, represents the day of completion, and seven, God's day of rest? Does this have something to do with the second coming? Yeah, great question, Alex. And uh, let me just say this. First of all, the number six is actually, I know he's thinking day of com, uh, of the day of God's rest. He got seven. He's thinking of that as far as Saturday. Really, yeah, six, from Genesis, yeah, probably. Six is yeah. really the number of man in Scripture, and seven is that con- of God's uh, you know, completeness, if you will. So yeah. a little bit, I, I know what he meant there, but yeah. I think he got the numbers a little bit reversed. But either way, um, yeah, you know, I don't know that the numbers, Alex, have anything to do necessarily with uh, the second coming, but it really just shows God's order. God is a God of order. Everything has a purpose. Every color, uh, the numbers in the music scale, the every number, even, you know, science, everything is built on mathematics. And it, I think it just reveals God's order in God's creation and that there's a system and orderly, orderliness, which Greg really shows and really bears witness to a creator. You know, even as far as we now know that evolution is impossible scientifically because it's an analog, it's a digital based system. And they used to think it was an analog based system. So there was some possibility of randomness, but digital is exact, which shows a creator. So when the digital, um, marker was shown in creation, it pretty much threw evolution out the, out the window. Yeah. And most scientists know that now. Very few people admit it, but most know that. There's a reason. The digital is very specific in creation, and so numbers, I think, are just a part of God's creative order and who he is and the way he's done things. Well, and he uses it uh, uh, not necessarily to reveal the second coming of Jesus, but just to reveal things in Scripture in general, uh, such as five is the number of grace, eight is the number of new beginnings, uh, 12 is uh, God's 
perfect government, perfect government yep. things like that. And we find those indicators in Scripture to reveal things kind of behind the scenes. That's right. That's right. Um, and and in, in relation to the second coming, yeah. there's the number six does come in in the sense that we know that the earth, I believe, is showing us the earth is going to be 6,000 years old. Leading into the seventh year, which is the number of completion, we talked about that. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll go into that final thousand year reign. So it, it could bring numbers into in that particular sense of seeing prophetically how things are going to un- yeah. unfold as well. So yeah, there's numbers used in yeah. that can be used in the second coming. Yeah, maybe on a slow prophecy week, Pastor Mark, we can uh, expound on numerology and scripture because a lot of people would be fascinated to learn more in depth. Absolutely. If we I, have time. I doubt there'll be a slow one, but I don't hear what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that one, Alex. Uh, our next question comes from Brian, who enjoys Signs of the Times uh, in the southern part of Illinois, I guess Taylorville. Uh, and his question is regarding his family, who he says are, his entire family, are Seventh-day Adventist. He says, the SDA church does teach the gospel of salvation only through Jesus Christ, However, they also teach other non-biblical doctrines, such as the investigative judgment, soul sleep, post-tribulation rapture, or no rapture, just the second coming, that the mark of the beast is Sunday rather than Saturday worship, replacement theology, annihilationism, etc. They even publish what's called, I guess, the Clear Word Bible, never heard of this before, which alters the original biblical text to support these erroneous teachings. Are all these erroneous teachings non-essential, and are they lost or saved? And really, that's the most important thing right there. Um, So, let's... let's Take this. Great question, Brian. Yeah. It's kind of a mixed bag is the way I'll say this. And some of these same questions come in with Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness. I would say this. Uh, many of these doctrines are non-essential. Some of them, like soul sleep, you're not going to lose your salvation over that, or uh, post-tribulation rapture. Those kind of things don't matter. Um, and so, do you know what investigative judgment is? I do. They believe in 1844, Jesus began judging. At that point, he changed positions oh. in the kingdom and actually began his judgment then, which, again, is, is non-biblical. And also, I would say their Bible that they produce that support these teachings is heretical. And if you hold to that Bible as the Word of God, I do believe there are troubles as far as salvation goes, absolutely. But I do believe, uh, because they do believe that Jesus is the way to salvation, I do believe it is possible to be a Seventh-day Adventist and be saved. I believe it is possible to be a Mormon and be saved, even a Jehovah's Witness and be saved, although these are cults and have false teachings, and probably the numbers are low. But I believe if you naively simply believe that Jesus is the only way and you put your faith in Jesus, you're going to be saved. And that, But I believe for those that are saved in that state, in those movements, the Holy Spirit begins to convict them, draw them out of that movement, and they eventually will come out of that movement. I think the ones you can identify as unsaved are those who remain in that movement. So I would say, yes, a seven-day Adventist could be saved. However, there are some very, um, and, and many of the doctrines are non-essential. Even though they're wrong, they're non-essential. That's not going to keep them out of heaven. But when you start messing with the Word of God and or end up having the wrong Jesus, because there's a lot of Jesuses out there, you have to have the Jesus of the Bible. You can't be saved by any Jesus but the Jesus of the of the Bible. So I would say I would have great concerns, and I would pray for them, Brian, if they're involved in that movement. I will say this. It's not impossible for them to be saved, uh, as I mentioned earlier. But I do think that um, there's a great likelihood they're not saved uh, I believe the majority of those in these movements are unsaved because of these false doctrines. So I'd be praying for their salvation. I wouldn't rest on the hope that maybe they are saved. I would share the truth. I would pray and then trust God in that situation. Yeah, he's apparently uh, shared uh, teachings from you and others, and they've been unswayed. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, it makes me think about uh, John in Revelation. When he says, you know, if you add to this book or if you take away from this book, I would think, you know, in principle, we're talking about the whole word of God, but... But it was John specifically talking about his revelation that he received, or somehow was he, because the the Bible had not been canonized at that point, all they had was the Old Testament, so... I mean, how does that work? Yeah, he did say that that particular quote, Greg, is specifically about Revelation. However, 
uh, God says the same thing back in Deuteronomy. Okay. So I, I believe I believe the principle is in place that you don't mess with God's word. Yeah. It's a principle. So I would say that because of that, I would consider these lost cults, people that aren't going to heaven. But I do believe it is possible, yeah. as I said. I believe it's possible. If you have just pure faith and believe, I believe in Jesus, but you're naive to the teachings and doctrines you don't really understand, I believe you can be saved. Yeah. And I think that, again, if you do get saved, that's where the Spirit begins to pull you out of yeah. these movements. Well, and, and all the more uh, captivating are these cults when they've got something that they call a Bible in their hands. Right. And there's probably the majority of it is the same as ours, yeah. except a few tweaks here or there. And that's yeah. really how the enemy works. Well, I think that's one of the most damnable to me, Greg, yeah. as far as in that sense of, uh, of con- condemnation, because what you're doing is you're taking God's holy word that he has preserved for wisdom and direction on how to get to heaven and live life, and you decided to rewrite it. And I can't think of anything worse. You know, when, you, when you're blocking someone from getting into the kingdom that God has given them, that's about as bad as it gets. It kind of goes in line with if you make one of these little ones stumble who believes in me, um, there's a great judgment for that. And, of course, he talked about it better a millstone hung around your neck, and there's a violent picture of that being thrown in the sea. So, uh, you know, I would say that that was the scariest is messing with the word of God. And also, I will say this, Jesus said he is the word of God. The Bible says that. So when you change the word of God to fit your doctrines, you're basically making up some Jesus that doesn't exist, which means, once again, you may believe in that Jesus, but that Jesus can't get you into heaven. Only the real Jesus can get you into heaven. So you're giving a false Jesus to people and a false salvation and a false. Yeah, good point. All right, Brian, uh, hopefully that answers your question and, and definitely continue to be praying for your relatives. Uh, our last question, Pastor Mark, and really it's kind of a segue question into really the main topic uh, for our program today. Um, comes from Clark, who uh, is in Virginia, and he says, My wife and I have been keeping up with the signs of the times and have been talking about the events with Russia and Ukraine. Many people are talking about this attaining to the wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24. Could this also be setting the stage for the Antichrist to come on the stage and to bring the false peace to the world? Where are we at with the timeline of things, and what is the next thing in the timeline of things? It's very evident the world we are now in, where there is such great confusion of what is happening in the world, and even confusion of information itself. Uh, Clark goes on to say, I work in the medical field, and even amongst the greatest of physicians at my hospital, only very few know the truth and understand what is going on. So thank you for bringing such truth and understanding of God's Word, and thank you for standing bold to share it. Yeah, great great multiple questions, and I want to make sure I kind of cover them all. I think I can do that. Uh, you talk about where are we in the timeline. We don't really know exactly when these things will unfold. We know we're close, Clark. Only God knows the exact time all these things are going to unfold. Um, as far as the order of things to unfold, um, really, it could be one or two things. We're waiting. The two next prophetic events are either the rapture of the church or the Russian and, uh, and Iranian invasion into Israel. Those are the two next major prophetic events. We don't really know for sure which one of those will happen first. I think they're going to be closely associated regardless, but we don't know exactly which one's going to happen first. So those are the two things we're waiting on. The timing of it, we don't know, and we'll get into um, the more of the Russia question in just a moment. You, yeah. you had a comment to well, add there. Well, no, I was just going to say, I, I really don't think that the uh, Putin going into Ukraine is going to usher in the Antichrist to bring peace, yeah. only because then you've got competing prophetic agendas. Yeah. You've got God's agenda that he's laid out in Ezekiel. Yeah. That says I, I, I'm I'm all nations are going to turn against Israel and there's going to be this invading army that's going to come in. And here's the armies comprised of all of these nations. But yet it's going to be by my hand that they are rescued. So they will know not just Israel, but the entire world will know right. that I am the Lord. Right. If the Antichrist is already on the scene and is recognized as the one world leader before that. Yeah. His goal and what he's going to do is he, it says, Ezekiel says he's going to bring peace to the Temple Mount. Yeah. So, and so how could, how could he bring peace to the Temple Mount, but yet 
not stop this invasion. I, I just, it just doesn't fit in the timeline of things and what God's agenda is. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, Greg. There's, I don't think you're going to, as a matter of fact, I think that probably the Ezekiel battle that we're talking about and we'll discuss uh, more in depth yeah. today is going to be possibly what ushers in the Antichrist. Yes. He's not going to be there, I agree, because he couldn't be, um, because he's going to come in as the hero. He's not going to be defeated until it's by the Lord later on. Yeah. So he will, but I think it's going to be because of the world unrest when this, um, event takes place that he'll come on the scene. Now, one other thing I will say, give kind of a long view, because, and again, we're going to get into more yeah. details yeah. later, but a long view in, in a lot of this question, I think some confusion comes in is when we say that, you know, my gut feeling is that this is not going to lead to the invasion yet of Russia and Iran. Uh, this particular move on Ukraine. However, could it be the beginning of it? it? Theoretically, it could be the beginning of a long road to get there. But <laughs> Figuratively it, and literally. If it keeps rolling. <laughs> yeah, if it keeps rolling. Let's say this, it yes. keeps moving. It could have yeah. been work its way down there. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be the one. I don't think they're going to keep moving right on through Ukraine and head on down to Israel. I think we're not. I don't think we're there yet. Um, but we know that it's eventually going to be there. I think the bigger thing we're going to see out of this, Greg, is going to be what it's doing. And, and this is good to bring this point up. Um, you remember when all the riots and looting started um, a couple of years ago in the streets, what happened was when the police decided not to do anything, or, sh- or should I say, when the leaders of these cities decided not to allow the police to do anything, I think the police would have certainly done something, but when they decided not to allow them, what it told the criminal was, you can get away with this, go for it. And then we saw this explosion, which we're seeing now, where people literally walk into a mall and they'll carry out a big screen TV right past the security guard and just walk out the front and nobody does anything to them. Now, why did that happen? Because what you said to the criminal was, it's okay. I think that's going to happen here with Putin going in to Ukraine. What it says to the world is they know that we're weak right now. They know that our president's weak right now. And so what that's going to say to the world is, let's watch Russia. Russia just said, I know I can do it. I mean, Putin, he was, he's an ex, you know, what we call CIA, but he's their, their equivalent CIA leader over there for years before he was ever the, their, their, their president or whatever, or their leader. So he recognizes, um, weakness and strength. He knew that Biden would not be a problem. So what he did, he moved in. He knew there wouldn't be any opposition. So he moves in and starts the battle, whatever. So he knows that from experience and he'll do what he wants during this time until we get another president that he thinks might stop him. But here's what it does. And I'll tell you somebody else that knows. China knows. But China's watching Russia. And I believe Taiwan's the next thing to drop. I think you're going to see China move in on Taiwan and take it out because they know that we'll do nothing on that either. And nobody else is strong enough in the world to stop them. So it kind of starts this domino effect of, hey, listen, the police aren't going to arrest us. Nobody's going to put us in jail. Uh, The leaders seem too weak to stop us. So why don't we walk in and get a big screen and just walk right down the middle of the mall? Who cares? Let's take, uh, uh, you know, you know, Crimea. Let's take Ukraine. Uh, let's take Taiwan. And then we'll see where it goes from there. The question is, so it's going to embolden. What it's going to do is going to embolden the world to, to loot, if I can say it that way, because nobody's going to stop them. This is where it may come into play. This may embolden Iran to get a little bit more aggressive toward Israel, knowing that we're not going to do anything. And if they get aggressive toward Israel, Israel's not going to put up with it. Yeah. And we know that Damascus is going to be hit and, and wiped out at some point. I could see Israel striking Damascus or striking the nuclear plants there uh, in Iran and causing Iran to say, well, look, nobody's going to stop us. America's not going to do anything. Matter of fact, when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, Greg, it says that those watch from the coastlands, they call them the young lions. Some yes. believe that could be us. They're saying, why are you doing this? What are you doing? It's like the kid in the middle of the two bullies jumping to get his hat back, but he knows he won't get it. Nobody knows. And they realize he can't, he can't, can't take his hat. So um, I think what the biggest thing to look at here in this thing, Clark, is this. Um, you're going to see, I think, not necessarily this particular move by Russia into Ukraine as the the process that ends up very quickly with Russia invading. But you, I think this is the beginning of the process of emboldening a world to know that nobody's going to stop them from looting or robbing or doing whatever they want to do, taking other people's territory, other people's resources. Iran is going to use it as an advantage just because they hate them, and they're going to you know move in at some point, and then Russia will get pulled into that. So our, this is Matthew 24, wars and rumors of wars. This is yeah. time of sorrows. I believe we're there. But um, again, I don't think this is going to be the one that pushes immediately into Russia or into Israel, but I believe we're down that path, and this is part of that process. Yeah. Well, Clark, uh, thanks for your question. If you've got questions like uh, these three folks did this week, we encourage you to go to the waymedia.net or the Waymedia app and uh, send us a question 
through our website. All right, Pastor Mark, our lead story obviously is what happens uh, happened on Thursday: Ara- uh, Russia attacking Ukraine in shattering uh, the European peace in that area. And uh, lots of people have lots of prophecy questions about it. Yes. So um, let you, you want to just talk about just the whole military issue, and and do you want to talk about at this point um, the, the does he want all of Ukraine or just some of Ukraine? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just kind of get into okay. this and talk a little bit about it as far as that goes. Yeah. Obviously, the war on Ukraine is a big deal. Everybody's seeing that and noting that. Um, and it is interesting, Greg, watching the news, I didn't realize it would appear that um, in this particular invasion, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of things going on. There's all kinds of rumors that he wants to reestablish a united Soviet Union. Some people believe it's just a pushback against the global order that's going on and, and really kind of, in, kind of it was exacerbated, they say, by President Obama and President Biden kind of using Ukraine as, as kind of a, their, 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 their country to push the global agenda kind of in Russia's face. Like, hey, we're right on your border. We can do what we want, et cetera. And finally, Vladimir Putin said, you know what? You can't. We're not going to let you do this. I'm going to do whatever. And so then he brings this attack in. We don't know yet what his full motivation is. Now, if you're watching the news, you see all these different explosions all over Ukraine. If they show you the picture, if you watch Fox News and, and you wonder, well, it looks like he's taking over the whole country because there's explosions all over the country. Well, that's just wise warfare. It doesn't mean he's taking over the whole country. What, what you do is you go in and take out the air defenses and all your communications, and then you attack different parts of the country to scatter out the military. So he's basically, it's divide and conquer. Pull the military in different directions, get them all over Ukraine, ready for the battle, and then you go and take the area that you want. Now, according to American military analysts, at least one that was on Fox News, and I would assume that's probably a, a mindset of the American military since he was a, a general, I think, that was in the Army. Um, the mindset is he only wants the eastern portion of Ukraine. And, of course, that's very interesting in light of the fact that when you look at the eastern portion of Ukraine, Again, we talk about the Russian invasion with Iran and Russia coming down. The Bible says he'll come directly down from the north. Yeah. And if we have that map, I don't know well, if we do. No, unfortunately, I just okay. checked, right. and we, we weren't able to get it on the screen. But if, if our listeners, can, you can, if you're watching this later, you can obviously pause this. Pull up a map that basically shows from Moscow south, like towards Egypt and Saudi Arabia. That way you'll cover Israel. Literally. Moscow is due north of of Israel, mm-hmm. or pretty pretty, pretty close, close. Yeah, pretty yeah, close yeah. to due north. And what's interesting is that it's the eastern portion of Ukraine that's kind of proverbially standing in the way yeah. of a direct link north to south. Yeah, in terms of maybe like from a physical standpoint, troop movement of moving masses of troops down uh into the northern area of syria to stage for ezekiel so it's interesting that he that he purportedly doesn't want the whole country he just wants the eastern country and i know we're going to talk about other stories in terms of gas pipelines and things like that i don't know how all that lays out but it's just interesting i wonder how much he knows right now greg as far as his invasion because it's interesting uh again he took crimea first crimea is down the lower side of ukraine and you have to go around Ukraine to get down to Crimea, right? Yes. And they're both there on the Russian border. Now, if he takes the eastern portion of Ukraine, if that's all that he wants, now that connects directly to Crimea. He can come right down from Moscow, right down through Ukraine. By the way, you said Moscow, which is correct. He came right down through Ukraine. Yes. Uh, and so Moscow, it's, it's people say, it's Moscow. I found out when I went there. But anyway, it comes down yes. from Moscow, down through Ukraine, down to Crimea, and right there he has a port. And can jump yes. right in the water to come on down to Turkey, and from Turkey straight on down to Israel, which we know Turkey will be involved in this battle as well, coming from the north. So there are a lot of very interesting things there as far as his ability to come through and to work on down. Um, and, and the question is, does he even know at this point that he's going to be attacking Israel? I used to think no, and he may not. And we talked about it earlier, he may not. But something just occurred to me. If he doesn't know, Greg, I think it's going to be soon, because part of the reason he wants to go into um, Ukraine is the resources. He's already taken Chernobyl. Chernobyl is infamous, uh, you know, in the world. If you know anything, been alive for any of the time as far as a, a giant nuclear leak that happened there. Yes. I think back in the 80s. Meltdown, yes. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. And, but it's a great source of energy. And now they're, they're talking about trying to pull oil away from Russia because of what they're doing and trying to get other people to sell them, you know, buy other oil from other people rather than Russia because Russia supplies, you know, Europe with oil in a huge way. And they're talking about who else could supply it, where else can we get it. 
America would have been a good resource because we were leading the country before this last election, but then we shut down all of our oil processes, and now we're actually buying, we buy from Russia now. We buy something like 18 billion barrels a day from Russia. I mean, of all things, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I won't get into all the politics of it, but... So where are they going to get their oil if people quit buying from Russia to kind of bring a penalty on them? Well, one of the main sources now they're looking at is going to be Israel with their natural gas supply and the new uh, found oil supplies there in the Golan Heights. They've already worked out agreements that supposedly are going to start running regular shipments of natural gas in 2025, but I'm sure they could speed that up uh, you know, if they had to because of all this going on, um, even by shipping rather than the pipelines under the ocean that they're putting together. But the bottom line is, is that once Russia gets enough pressure where their finances are hit where they can't export their oil into other places at that point it says that an evil thought will come into the leader of russia's mind it tells us in ezekiel and he'll decide to go take that that booty as the bible talks about it from israel that'll be part of the thing that drives him in there so i wonder greg is this at this point just a setup an open door so that he can go down into israel at a later time or does is he already has this evil plan already come into his mind and you know what yeah I know if I do this, they're going to be trying to stop buying oil from me, and I'll just take the oil from who else they can buy it from. Let's just get us a clear path that works on down, because Israel's a small country. We'll work our way down. You know, I don't know, but an evil thought is going to come in his mind. Yeah. God tells us that in Ezekiel. Yeah. And if he's thinking that, he's paving the way. But even if he's not thinking it, Greg, yeah. he's paving the way. You know, it's interesting, too, in Ezekiel, not to get too far into that, because I wanted to ask you another question. But, you know, Ezekiel says that the Lord himself is the one that's going to be putting the hooks, plural, that's right. into the jaws. That's right. So we, we've, got to, we've got to remember who's in control. That's right. That's another good re- reminder that clear. for us. Yes, absolutely. In a very chaotic world. Right. God is still sovereign. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Greg, we're going to see that whole thing when we jump in next, yes. next uh, half to the Ezekiel. He makes it very clear, this is my battle. Yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm going to bring glory. I'm going to bring judgment on these nations that are attacking yeah. Israel. And I'm going to bring glory to my name. So he's very much in control. That's why the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, right. when you see these things happen, he said, don't be troubled. Yeah. I'm running the show. So we can rejoice that he's going to run the show. Now, you heard today that the estimation of the troops that will the potential the potential of the troops that will be represented in the nations that ezekiel describes yeah. is like hundreds of millions yeah now again it goes beyond the military but the potential beyond, yes. of the peoples that can gather from these yes could be yes. almost some say the size of of, of the united states of america we're talking over 300 million potentially, P- potentially that could be coming against the nation of israel potentially and not only that just the military might enforce of russia coming down from the north yeah. and there was a road that was proposed some time ago yes. that was supposed to come from moscow yeah down yeah uh and why don't you mention that really quick yeah it, it, and it's actually connecting romania and bulgaria but it's supposed to connect on up to moscow it's not completed i just looked i checked online greg right before we started and it looks like they're trying to speed it up they've made it a priority but they didn't say why but it's not built yet but it's something that's been underway i don't know if a foundation is laid if part of it i think part of it was already built years ago so there's going to be some road that would be down through the Balkan states that could be also a vein down through there. But I don't know if that's going to tie into anything or not. Now, I want to get real quick before we go yeah. into the break. I don't think we're going to have three, over 300 million of army coming against Israel. It's the potential of that region that could gather against Israel if they all turned on them against them. The armies aren't going to have that many people that could come in from each of these different armies. We know that. But again, for the surrounding region... Uh, with the armies combined, it's gonna, with, with all the peoples together, it comes up to a number that's over 300 million in that area, if you will. And so the devastation when this earthquake and possibly other things we'll mention in the second half take place, and the battle itself, the potential of affecting massive amounts of people is gonna be huge. And so no doubt there's gonna be at least hundreds of thousands that will be dead and on the hillsides of Israel when this takes place. So, um, you know, it's going to be a major, major worldwide and world attention event. And so I think we're watching it unfold before our eyes. How quickly it will unfold, we don't know. But again, we're going to see the articles here in the second half of, of more articles about what's happening. We'll cover those. Then we're going to jump into Ezekiel 38 and 39 and talk about what's coming up and, and some of the major battles and one of the major earthquakes that's going to be happening so that you can kind of get a timeline. And I want to, again, for those of you prophecy students out there, you want to start developing a timeline in your mind of when all these things happen because the way God speaks prophetically, he doesn't lay it all out chronologically. He does in small portions in certain areas. But God speaks 
throughout the entire Bible. And you've got to understand when these things happen, and you've got to put together your own chronological timeline. We'll help with some of that in the second half. Yeah, and and maybe we can also make the map again available, uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel. Oh, yeah. Uh, which will be another good thing yes. to uh, share with our listeners Absolutely. again. We've done it before. We'll do it again. We'll get into articles of Ezekiel and some other interesting things going on around the world as Signs of the Times continues right after this. WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. God's word is clear. We're to be cheerful, generous givers ready to help those in need around us. But we're also told to give wisely. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Today in an excerpt from a live event in the 1980s, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett, discovered one organization that had all the support they could ever need. I counseled a lady some years back, dear, sweet lady, who was giving to several organizations she knew nothing about. One of the organizations was a boys' orphanage in the upper United States that I had checked out once before. By the way, if you want to check out any Christian organization, you have the right to ask any organization to reveal to you their financial information. The one thing you want to get from any organization that you have a question about, ask them for their Form 990. They must file one with the Internal Revenue Service tells you where the money came from and where it went and what percentage was spent on advertising and raising money and all that. I wrote this orphanage for a lady. And I said, sirs, I'd like to know how you spend your money and how much money you have. And they didn't write me back, so I went and contacted an attorney friend of mine, and he wrote them and said, if you don't tell us, we're going to tell the Internal Revenue Service that you won't tell us. And they wrote us back, sent us their form. You know what we discovered? They had 52 children in their orphanage and had $50 million in endowment funds. And we just wrote them a letter back and said, you know what, guys? I think if you shut down that orphanage and gave every kid a million dollars, somebody will adopt them. Don't think you need any more money. <laughs> and that's fact. Be very careful of where that money is going and that it's going to God's Word in God's name. Now, if you've been blessed with My Money Life, I invite you to discover the Crown Stewardship Podcast. They focus on helping you find freedom in your finances and career. You can subscribe at Spotify and iTunes or listen at crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. You really learn to be discerning in life using the Word of God. There is no other measure that you and I are to use except God's Word. To really know it and understand it and use it so that you don't have some bramble rule over you. Somebody that takes advantage of you. Somebody that takes advantage of your family. Somebody that hurts you. Be careful of those types of leaders. Call them out on it. Confront them on it. Say, this is what I see. This is what has happened. And allow the Holy Spirit to use that situation, perhaps repentance will come. But I'm telling you, don't follow him. Be very, very careful. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back to our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, February 25th, 2022, episode 204. Uh, Available wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. So we thank you folks for joining us and staying with us for the second half as we get into articles. More articles. Some Ezekiel 38 and 39 articles. Here's the first one, Pastor Mark. Uh, This comes from jpost.com, how war in Ukraine is actually increasing Iran's threat to Israel. Understand this is an analysis uh, that's been provided and reported by J-Post, but go ahead and take that. Again, this is what we talked about in the first half. The whole point of this, the headline says it all. Um, The fact that they see Russia coming into Ukraine and they get away with it tells Iran, hey, guess what? Maybe we can go against Israel. And so I wanted to point this article, leave it in there. Emboldens them. It does. It's like, remember, if if the police aren't going to arrest me for that, they won't arrest me for this. Let's go for it. So we're seeing an embolden of the nations in this wars and rumors of wars. Okay. 
our next article, Pastor Mark, also from J Post. Uh, and, and this is this is very Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine. Oh yes, uh, Russia takes issue with Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights yeah. in Jerusalem. Yeah, interesting. Russia doesn't recognize they said Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights um, or Jerusalem. And they said this prior to the attack on Ukraine. This is very, very interesting. They want them to go back to the 67 lies. Now, again, this may sound completely political because the rest of the world always says the same thing. But remember, what they found in Golan is a bunch of oil. Russia wants the oil. And again, if people start trying to buy oil from Israel, let's shut Israel down. And so, again, I believe you're seeing the stage being set. And I think they know it. Yeah. And if we have to, we'll cross right over that Syrian border and we'll get the Golan Heights and block that oil. Yeah. If if Russia's controlling all of the source sources of oil then everyone has no other choice but to buy the energy from them you better believe it i mean they're the little guy gets knocked out of the market that's the whole idea of walmart taking over yes. you know what i'm saying that's yes. the whole that's the whole mindset yep wow. yep uh and we kind of uh hinted at this in the first half this is from fox business uh regarding russia and ukraine germany is now stopping the approval yeah. of the nord stream 2 pipeline yeah remember so what, what is the nord for those that aren't familiar what is the nord stream yes. 2 pipeline and why is that it's, important it's a pipeline of some 760 miles long that again runs from russia into europe and again it was the way they can feed that all that oil extra money going in or whatever it's think i think it's one of five pipelines that run from russia into europe uh, so this isn't going to shut them down, Greg. They've got like four other veins pumping into into Europe through this, and nobody's going to stop that. But it does slow things down somewhat, and it does like a fifth of the flow, maybe theoretically. I don't know how that really works in numbers. But either way, it does stow, uh, slow the uh, the flow. That's hard to say. Slow the flow. Um, slow the flow. Yes. And, uh, and so it is going to be an issue to them. It's a lot of money they're not going to get, but they do have those other means. Uh, Germany again saying, nope, we're not going to let you do this. This doesn't stop them. But once again, Greg, this turns up the pressure. They're saying, how dare you stop us from getting our oil, our oil into Europe? That's how we make our money. That means we're going to find other ways to block any other way you can get oil, which further pushes them again toward Israel and other places that would supply oil for them. So again, this is just a ratcheting up the tensions. And um, we would say greasing or oiling the wheels of war, if you <laughs> yes. will, uh, heading in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, and folks, just a reminder, too, if you want to read these articles in their entirety, because there's a lot of information and a lot of the articles right. that we share, That's right. we do encourage you to go to the Way Media app and posted with each episode uh, uh, for Signs of the Times is a link to the articles that we discuss where you can go right to the source and read everything in its entirety. Yeah. All right, so Pastor Mark, let's talk about... Ezekiel 38 and 39, yes. uh, a lot of people nervous about that, especially with Russia on the move from a military standpoint. But we've got to remember, Russia's been in Syria for quite a while. They've been involved in the Syrian civil war, which is really on Israel's northern border. So, yeah. you know, things have been in the works for a while in preparation for Ezekiel, but let's hit let's the just talk reset button on Ezekiel. Yeah, let's talk about it, because I know we have some other articles. If we can get to, we will. But I want to talk a little bit about this, because I'm getting questions, and I think you've answered a lot of them, some questions about, is this the Ezekiel War? Is this going to happen? We are I, Again, only God knows. I think no. I don't think it's going to keep going on that. We'll find out. But again, Ezekiel 30 and 39 is the one that predicts all this stuff we're talking about. And it says, again, that Russia is going to be moving in uh, with Iran. Uh, and, and you go. I encourage you to go read this for yourself. It says that Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, that is that region of Russia, um, is going to be coming down there. God, God says, I will turn you around, like you pointed yeah. out, Greg. Yeah. I will put the hooks in your jaws, lead you out, all your army, your horses, horsemen, etc. And he goes through this whole thing saying it's basically going to be Russia, Iran, it's going to be uh, Libya, um, and it's going to be uh, Sudan. Your Bible may say Ethiopia, but that region is, is better rendered Sudan there. Uh, and then uh, Turkey as well. And they're all going to be moving against the nation of Israel. And God's going to bring them down there to have them attack Israel so that God can judge them. Um, now, it is interesting. As far as battles, I want to give you some of that timeline we talked about. There are three major biblical battles yet to be fought um, there is, of course, that excluding the destruction of Damascus. That's not really a battle. That's just the destruction of Damascus. I think that'll happen probably with one giant weapon. Maybe we'll see. But three major wars, and and these are the ones you have to have in your mind for your prophetic timeline because this is where the confusion comes in. The Bible says there is a war that happens first. That's the next major war we're going to see, which is Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, where Russia and Iran and these other nations come in. 
And then there's going to be, after that, the Great Tribulation. Then at the second coming, there's another war. This is war number two. That is the one called Armageddon. Most everyone knows the Battle of Armageddon. Hollywood movies have been made about it. There you go. This is the second major biblical war yet to go, again, excluding Damascus. And then the last major biblical war would be at the very end of the thousand years, because when Jesus comes back, he'll rule and reign for a thousand years, and at the end of those thousand years, he will... um, There'll be another battle and wipe out those that rebel against the Lord then. And that'll be the final battle that leads right into the new heavens, the new earth and forever. No more battles, no more whatever. So and what do we call that third battle, that final battle you know, at the, the th- end of the thousand years? It is just, it, you know, I don't know. There's a I don't know. If there's a specific name. Because it's really that. not a battle. The Lord just right. speaks and he wipes out. Well, again, I mean, you're right. The Prince of Rosh, yeah. Gog, once again, stirs up the nations. They come against Israel. God wipes them out. And then we start this whole into the new the new yeah. heavens and the new earth. So it's the final battle. That might be called the final battle if you want to put a name on it. So you have the Ezekiel 38 and 39, battle number one. Battle number two, Armageddon, which is... I thought maybe the third one would be the Battle of Gog and Magog or... Well, no, no this is the Battle of Gog and this Magog that we're coming up on now. now. That's what yeah. he says. Yeah, he says, yeah. I'm against you, O God, Prince of Rosh, I'll turn you around. So gotcha. here we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's going to be the setup, these three major battles. So the next... Ma- and then somewhere in that mix of two of those, one and two is the destruction of Damascus. Uh, that's probably not going to be, like I said, so much a battle as just an event. We'll see. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is that even though it's a prophetic event, it could be collateral damage as a result of the Ezekiel yeah. 38 and 39 battle. Yeah. You know, it could be a trigger Absolutely. point. It could be one of those things that's a hook in the jaw Absolutely. of bringing Russia back down. I yes. Mean, we really don't know. No, we don't. Scripturally, right? No, we Other don't. than the fact that it will never be inhabited again right. once it's been wiped right. out. Right. And my gut feeling is it'll be in this next of the three battles, it'll be in this first one coming up, Ezekiel 30 and 30. It's going to be connected somehow to that. Somehow, yeah. Now, I think what I'm going to do, Greg, is, is, is walk us through this without sure. reading all of it so we have time for the articles. But okay. I want to just, again, I want to make sure that our listeners know, because right now questions are running through your mind. What's going on and what's going to happen? I want you to relax, number one. The Lord said, I told you these things are going to happen. Greg, you pointed out earlier, he makes a point to say, I'm in control of this. God says, I'm doing this battle. I'm in control. So we're not like in chaos. We're not spinning out of control with, you know, one of the wings off the plane flying toward the earth. The Lord is flying the plane. He knows what's happening. He's the one going to be dropping the bombs. Everything's under control. And we're, we're one of his passengers. So, um, you're going to see now this, uh, these three battles. The first battle will be Russia and Iran. Russia at some point is going to get pulled in by Iran and these other countries. Again, Turkey, Iran, Libya. Sudan, and then Russia, they're all going to come and attack Israel again, try to destroy the nation of Israel. The Bible says that when they get right there uh, inside Israel, they're going to start coming down from the north. We talked about maybe down through Ukraine, where the area he's taking on down, crossing Crimea, down into Turkey, and coming on down, however he's going to enter. across the sea right there yes, on the northern part of Turkey. Yes, and then he's going to come into Israel, and the Bible says when he gathers them in there, there's going to be a major earthquake. It is going to be massive. Now, again, you can read all this in Ezekiel 38 and 39 later on at your own leisure. But there's going to be a massive earthquake that's going to knock not only knock down buildings and walls, it's going to knock down mountains. It's going to be so vicious. Now, one of the largest faults, maybe the largest fault in the world. I don't know. It's definitely up there at the top, if not the largest. I can double. I'll have to look back and see. It runs from um, from that northern portion uh, up there in of Israel all the way down and goes down into the top part of Africa. So it runs right through that region. The region we're talking about, it runs right through where the armies are coming in and where God's going to wipe out these these ba- these mil- the, the armies. Now again, the Bible says that when these armies gather, it's going to be a supernatural destruction. It's not going to be I don't think a nuclear weapon. I don't think it's going to be any army coming to the, you know, to be here. America's not going to save the day, whatever this kind of thing. It's going to be so supernatural. Israel will know it's God, and the rest of the world will know it's God. It'll turn Israel back to God, the true Jesus Christ. They'll turn to their Messiah, and the rest of the world's going to go, oh, my goodness, there is a God of Israel. And so they're all going to kind of be stunned at that moment, which is why I believe a great time for the Antichrist to step on the scene. But the buildings destroyed, walls torn down, mountains leveled. At the same time, Greg, it's going to break up the ground so much, I believe, that the cone volcanoes will come to life again there in northern Israel. There's a, there's a cone or volcano southern field. southern Syria. Yep. I can't remember it, if it's it, on the Syrian side. It, it's in Israel. Okay. Uh, but, but it may actually bleed into. There may be okay. something going. But they definitely have a, a cone park you can go to there in Israel, okay. northern Israel, and see these cone volcanoes. And the way these volcanoes work is they shoot this magma straight up in the air so high that it, it gets up in the air and freezes, 
comes back down in giant lava rocks, smashes on the ground. They call them bombs. That's literally what they call yeah. them. It releases fire and brimstone. If you agree, if you go read the end of Ezekiel thirty-eight, it describes basically essentially that cone volcanoes. Yeah. And so I believe what's going to happen is I think the earthquake along with the revival of these cone volcanoes, are going to destroy these invading armies and wipe them out. And there's going to be so many dead bodies, hundreds of thousands on the least end, and maybe millions like we talked about. The Bible says it'll be so clogged up with bodies you can't even travel through there. They'll spend seven months cleaning up all the bodies, getting everybody buried. Another seven years they'll be using their weapons for fuel. Listen, interesting, Russia with them on the field right now has field nuclear weapons, field nukes they call them. They're not the big ones you see on TV. yeah, yeah. They're smaller. They still do unbelievable damage. They're nuclear weapons, but they're not the kind of, you know, uh, within, within you know, just a small amount of time, like within 48 hours, you can go in and actually clean the fruit off, whatever remains, and eat it. I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. They're smaller power, smaller longevity on the, the half damage. Life. The half-life is much shorter. Yeah, so, yeah. so I believe that I don't think any of those weapons will go off. I think God's going to destroy them by the earthquake and possibly the volcanic activity up there where these cone volcanoes yeah. come back to life. Yeah. Um, and then when that takes place, again, they're going to clean everything up. Israel will turn toward Jesus. They're going to be a great revival there in the land. They'll know the Lord is their Messiah. The world will know there's a God in Israel. At that point, I believe you're going to see the Antichrist step on the scene, the world scene. And that's where he's going to come in and make this deal, I believe, with the world, with Israel and the world. And there's going to be this world peace, so to speak, and finally peace in the Middle East with this guy that has this supernatural backing. And again, it's interesting because, Greg, those that believe in Jesus are going to believe in Jesus the Christ, but there's going to be a large portion of them that believe he's the Christ. Yeah, They're going to believe he's the Christ. So some will believe in the real Jesus, some will believe in the false Jesus. And so you're going to have this really weird mix going on. Uh, the tribulation will begin. The first seal will be open there at the very beginning. Yeah. And all this process takes place. Um, and then you walk all the way through to the end. You get to the midway point. You know, the, the, two, the two witnesses will show up right there at that point for the first three and a half years. Then you have the Antichrist declaring that he's God. And if you don't bow down and worship him again and take his mark, which ties in, I think, a lot of the whole vaccine stuff we've been seeing going, which is not the mark, but leading to that. Um, and then he's going to say, bow down, I'm God. They'll have the great tribulation during that entire time. And then Jesus Christ comes back in the second coming, which is the second major battle on the horizon. That is the second coming of the Lord. Then Jesus will rule for a thousand years. He'll rule and reign during that time. At the end of that thousand years, the third major war to come, which will once again be Prince of Rosh, Gog and Magog battle coming against Israel. God will wipe them out and establish a new heaven and a new earth, melting everything we see now. It all will be wiped out, our current existence and creation. And then we'll live forever in this new eternal kingdom, um, forever and ever with the Lord without any more problems. So that's kind of it yeah. in a nutshell. Now, again, that's the setup. Are there any questions you can think of that we need to address before we move into? Because uh, I want to just kind of give an overall view of what's happening yeah, here. No, I, I think it's important that everyone remember when you read the description of Ezekiel 38, you know, you can tell that God's in control of everything, but there's a purpose behind it. And it's only through understanding Ezekiel that you understand Zechariah 12 that that. Israel will become a stumbling stone. It's, it's 12, right? Not 14. It's, it's Zechariah 12 that Israel will become a stumbling stone. Yes, for and all I, put, I think I put 14 on the notes. I have to fix that. No, but, that's okay. Yeah. I, I said 12. I didn't even you're, see the no, notes. No, you're right about okay. 12. I'm going to fix that right now. But it's, but it's only to understand why that all the nations are going to turn against Israel, why there's this hatred towards Israel. Yes, it's satanically motivated, but God's going to be using it for the purposes of Ezekiel is so that. Israel cannot claim that a nation came to help them. Israel can't even claim that they themselves were able to help themselves because this army that's coming is so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay? And when you hear about the earthquake and you read about the earthquake in Ezekiel and what's happening in detail about the earthquake, we would all be smoting our knees one about the other oh, yeah. uh, in this oh, earthquake. Yeah. But at the very end of 38, listen to what God says, because this sums up the whole purpose here. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Yeah. God is going to get the glory for all of this. So it's going to be a supernatural thing. It's not going to be by the hand of man yeah. that the enemies of Israel are defeated. And Greg, you talk about 
having no excuse. Yeah. Anybody that follows the Antichrist after that, <laughs> after that, you have no excuse on Judgment Day. You can't say, well, we got tricked. We didn't know. Look, I made it known by a powerful earthquake, a re- supernatural rescue. I magnified Israel. They believed in their Christ. And you followed that guy? You have no excuse. But yet many are going Absolutely. to be deceived. Absolutely. The, the majority of the world will. And yes. that's what's so shocking. When you choose Amazing. not to believe, you won't. Amazing. Okay. Are we ready to? We are keep, ready. We, we can are, rock and roll. We, we get are, these articles in. We are keep rolling. Yes, okay. we'll hit them quick, man. We'll okay, work good. right through them. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, you want to know what? Or you can pay for services. That's what like happens when I've got a new system and I can't see what I'm doing. Uh, I think it's this one. Yes. Here we go. This one system world. will be great. It, one, it yeah. will be great. The one world system. Yes. <laughs> no, the new, our new okay. software system. The one world system will not be great. <laughs> the one world system. Okay, here we go. One world government news. This is from the Washington Post. Facial recognition firm Clearview AI is telling its investors it's seeking massive expansion beyond law enforcement. Why is this prophetic? Well, Greg, even before I answer why it's prophetic, I know how to get facial recognition going immediately right now across the entire world, and that is take off the mask. See, so I can start my own company. Oh, I, uh, see, I, I don't even have my, my rim shot up here company. yet. There's facial recognition. Oh. We've lost facial recognition, but now we yes. have Okay, how does this come in? Here's, it comes out of Revelation 13. Listen to what it says. The facial recognition company of Clear AI is telling investors it's on track to have 100 billion facial photos in its database within a year. Notice this. Enough to ensure that almost everyone in the world will be identifiable, according to a financial presentation in December. The image is equivalent to 14 photos for each of the 7 billion people on Earth. Take take that out. 14 for each of us would help empower a surveillance system that has been used for arrests, criminals, investigations, and for the coming Antichrist. I added that last part. They didn't say for the coming Antichrist, but that's exactly what this is for. In other words, the technology is now getting in place for the mark on the hand, the mark on the forehead. There will be no place to run. There will be no place to hide when the Antichrist takes power. The technology is in place. And you know what? The information's already been gathered. By the way, the swabs they did in your nose and all these other things, we now know, and the government's admitting, your DNA has now been put into a database in the U.S. government as well as around the world. They have the majority of the world's DNA codes. It will be another way to identify every human on the planet, and most of the planet has already done it. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so how, how can, say that again now, how can you, how can you solve the AI thing? Say that again, again, facial recognition, yes. I can solve it in a day. Yes. Take off the mask. Okay. Thank I just you. Had, to, Thank had to have you reset Thank that. Thank you, Shecky. It really deserved a rim shot, and I was not prepared. That's all right. Okay, but I am prepared for this. All right. Okay. At least I You said you were. I know. Now, we're supposed to practice off the air. I'm going to... I mean, <laughs> I can't fire the system because yeah, yeah, I, mean, I promoted it. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Israel 365 <laughs> News. Uh, this is, uh, of course, this is Zechariah 12 stuff. Uh, Houston is the latest city. Listen to this, Pastor Mark, where yeah. anti-Semitic flyers have been dumped in bulk. Yeah. Well, it, this has got to be a fairly new thing. No? Well, it, hundreds of anti-Semitic flyers, Greg, it says, with a picture of Hitler on them were dumped in Houston. The latest in a string of anti-Jewish propaganda littered throughout Texas. Now, that just leads into the next thing. Yes. Which, which is? is an Idaho high school, according to Israel National News, is hit with corrosive anti-Semitic vandalism. Again, not only there, you're seeing it everywhere here. Here in the high school in Haley, Idaho, they defaced with corrosive anti-Semitic and racist vandalism, including 20 swastikas, was discovered last week. Now, again, notice this. Remember, the Bible says in the last days, an increase of hatred toward the Jews. Why? They're God's chosen people. This is a spiritual battle. Satan hates them. These people don't know Satan's using them, but he is. Again, keep your eye on this. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. Absolutely. Okay. Some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and heavy on the corruption. This according to TheBlaze.com. The senators, uh, senators, well, there too. I suppose they're hiding things too. Yes. Uh, But the Centers for Disease Control uh, is hiding some data that's not ready for prime time, but uses unverified records to support the efficacy of COVID vaccines. Explain what this means. Unbelievable. This is egregious. The U.S. Centers for Disease, again, they said they're hiding large portions of data. Uh, of what the shots are doing. Why? Because they're afraid the information will be misinterpreted. No, they're afraid you're going to know what's going on is what the bottom line is. Uh, they're not giving us all the data because they said that it, it makes it's, it looks bad for what's happening with these boosters and shots. On Sunday, the New York Times reported the CDC data on the effectiveness, effectiveness of COVID-19 booster shots released in February 
left out crucial information on those from 18 to 49. And again, Greg, we had another article we didn't include today that talked about how they're showing more deaths and problems in that age group. Uh, because of what the the boosters and the shots was that the are one doing. that I sent you last night? Yes, yes. And here's the bottom line, Greg. Here's amazing. The CDC is supposed to simply give you the stats and numbers. Exactly. They literally came out today and said it was either today or yesterday. We we also have a political agenda that we have to forward here, and we were afraid that politically it would hurt people taking the vaccine. You're not a political organization, supposedly. You're supposed to be telling us what what is health wise we're supposed to do or not do based on the numbers. They hid the numbers, Greg. This is so wrong. They are they. They are responsible for the deaths of certain people that have died from these vaccines, uh, shots, I should say. They're also responsible for the injuries because they've lied to the American people and to the world. This is coming out and people are getting angry and you're seeing more and more articles like this. Um, the, this thing is, is uh, it's going to turn into a larger story, but it just shows you this, again, is spiritual. It's a part, I believe, of the last day's move of the enemy to, again, to make life harder for mankind. And again, I, I don't know if the, if heads are going to roll on this or not, but they should. Yeah, They certainly should. Uh, our last article in this uh, um, category, Pastor Mark, is citing drought where the federal government is not giving water to California farmers. Yeah. What's this all well, about? Well, again, because of the lack of water. They said on Wednesday they won't deliver any water to California farmers because the, the drought is so severe. This decision will force many to plant fewer crops in a region that supplies a quarter of the nation's food. 25% of our food comes from here, Greg. And I quote, it's devastating to the agricultural economy and to those people that rely on it. Now, again, where does this come in? Matthew 24, in the last days, you'll see famines, an increase in famines. You didn't think it could happen in America. I hope it doesn't, but this indicates it is possible, so keep your eye on it. Okay. All right, Pastor Mark, uh, our final uh, category of the day is the church, uh, ChristianHeadlines.com, reporting that Barna Research is finding that less than half of Americans find pastors to be, quote-unquote, trustworthy sources of wisdom. Yeah. Really sad, Greg, uh, to say that, that pastors would not be considered, as they say, and I quote again, very reliable sources of wisdom when it comes to spiritual matters. The Reverend Glenn Packiam, uh, a senior fellow at the Barna Group, included the research in his latest book called The Resilient Pastor, and I quote, Pastors are no longer perceived as a credible voice or a trustworthy source of wisdom on much. He wrote in an excerpt in the book, churches don't have much of a role in the community unless they can provide tangible help or practical care. You know what? Sadly, that is true in many cases. But I will say this. The church that's awake right now and talking about what's going on around the world and looking at Russia and a lot of scripture, we are very tangible. We're very much you know, giving information that is going to be not only good for the community, but for the world. And so I encourage all of the churches out there, get beefed up on prophecy. Know what's going on in the world. Teach the word of God and you'll be relevant. Why is the church becoming irrelevant? Again, this goes in line, Greg, it says in the last days there'll be a falling away. And this is the kind of thing that's going to lead to that. The church is not relevant and there's a falling away because we've gotten away from what makes us relevant, and that is the Word of God. Well, you've got the tail wagging the dog in terms of what the Bible says that men will heap up for themselves teachers yeah. to tickle their ears yeah. so they they can only hear what they want to hear. Yeah. You've got people in pulpits that are teaching a social justice gospel and things that have nothing to do with the Bible. Right. In terms of relevancy, I mean, it might be relevant in terms of current events, but people are coming to the church to hear what God has to say, not what the world has to say, and sadly, that could be reflected in this research. And you know, Greg, if the world, if the church isn't teaching the Word of God and what's happening in the world currently today, they can't give the world hope. And right now we live in a world that is very hopeless. I want to give you an invitation to hope right now. If you don't have a church or you're an unbeliever, and yes, I know unbelievers do listen to this broadcast. If you don't know Christ or you don't have a home church, if you have a home church, you need to go to your home church on Easter. But I want to give you a personal invitation. This coming Easter, April 17th, we're going to be gathering all of our services down for Calvary Chapel, down at the Civic Auditorium for one big service at 1030 on, on the set, uh, 17th of, of, of April, April, with the theme being hope, because I believe there is so much loss of hope right now in our community and in our world. We want to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in the cross, even in the midst of wars, rumors of wars, famines, all the things we talk about on the show. 
we can rejoice and we have hope as believers because Jesus Christ is not only in control of it, the Bible says, but he died on a cross, resurrected three days later, and for all who believe in him, they have eternal life. And we're going to be presenting that hope on that day. And by the way, I'm excited. We have special worship with Terry Clark. Those of you that know um, the uh, Promise Keepers used to travel around the nation years ago. Terry was the lead worship leader for Promise Keepers and all this. Uh, Maranatha Music, he's, he's go, he goes back many years. Truly, deeply worshipful. It's going to be a great day of worship, a great day of celebration, and I hope, Greg, a great day of hope for those that need hope to come to Jesus Christ. And so remember, you're on your calendar, April 17th, Knoxville Civic Auditorium, Calvary Chapel. We're going to be there at 1030, free parking, uh, free gospel, and Jesus Christ for more, anyone that comes. More information will be available at the church's website at calvaryknoxville.org. For more information about our program, we encourage you to go to thewaymedia.net and just click on Signs of the Times. Remember, the Bible is one-third prophecy So don't ignore one-third of Jesus, because he says, I am the volume of the book. Amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30. have a beginning, middle, and end. And they're so judgy. They point out when something is too long or too short. They can detect when something is a unique size because they have little lines that pinpoint accuracy. Anyone who has a tape measure can tell a lot by the measurements they find. God is your tape measure, and He measures accurately. What you lack, He can fix. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. I used to think when the sun was shining, it was a sign that things were going right. I used to 